Would you go to John 14? For many weeks now, we've been on this subject we're calling Seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus. Our text has been verse 21, John 14, 21. Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. Who loves him? The one who remembers what he said, does what he says, obeys. That's the one that really loves him. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. We're stirred up about this verse. That the Lord said he would manifest himself to us. Look at the Amplified on this. Said, I will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Are you interested in that, my friend? In the Lord being more real to you? Is it possible he could be much more real to you than you've ever experienced? Now, who's he going to do this to? I know a lot of people have begged and cried, Oh, please, Lord, show yourself to me. Oh, please, God, manifest in our midst. And thought, well, you know, if I, the harder I'll pray, the harder I beg, he'll do it. I've done some of it myself. But that's not what he said. He didn't say he'd reveal himself to the one that prayed the longest and loudest or begged the hardest. That'd be easier than doing this. Who's he going to reveal himself to? Those that obey him. Those that do what he told them to do, and you know, that's without any begging. <laughs> Just do, love him with all your heart, believe in him and love him, and do what he tells you to do. And he said, I will manifest myself to you. I'll reveal and make myself real to you. Well, we're convinced that he's good for his word, and if he said he would do it when we did that, then he'll surely do it. So we don't need to work on him, we need to work on us. Are we doing what he told us to do? So we've been going through this book of John, starting in the first chapter, and have got all the way now to the 17th and now to the 18th chapters of examining, are we doing what he told us to do? Because we're confident about him revealing himself to us as we do. Look at the 16th chapter, though. Back up just a little bit, let me remind you of something. The title of this message today is The Trial of Peter's Faith. The Trial of Peter's Faith. The 18th chapter we're going to read in just a minute describes it and tells us what happened. And uh, we need to remember what Jesus said in chapter 16 in connection with it. 16 and 1, Jesus said, These things have I spoken to you, all that he had previously said in that Uh, 15th chapter there, that you should not be offended. He said, they'll put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time comes that whoever kills you will think that he's doing God's service. You know, Saul, before he became Paul, that's exactly what he was doing. He was going around trying to hurt people, trying to put people to death, calling himself doing service for God. Now, we know Jesus told us, love one another as I have 
loved you. That's the commandment. If we'll do what he told us to do, he'll love us and manifest himself to us. Here's something else he told us. Don't be offended in me. Didn't he say it? He said, I've told you this. The reason I've gone into so much detail is that you not be offended. Now, the church, by and large, is very ignorant of this subject of offense. When you say it, people's minds go in different directions and they really don't know what you're talking about. But we touched on this a while back. And let me remind you the definitions, the Greek words, what they literally mean to say in Bible usage, to say that someone was offended. To be offended means to feel displeasure at a thing, to experience anger and or shock. Did you hear that word? Anger and or shock. To be bitter against or to be stung in the heart. And this is one of the... uh, To me, one of the most succinct statements to describe it, to cause someone to no longer believe. That's the thing that people are not clicking in their mind when they hear offense. They hadn't been thinking that. But that is the result of it. That's the design of it. The enemies involved in working to get people to a place of offense. And his purpose is to separate you from what God joined you to and cause you to no longer believe in what you should never stop believing in. Let me go over this again slowly. Now, Jesus said, I've told you all these things so that you would not be offended. What's he talking about? So that you would not be angered and shocked. So that you wouldn't get bitter and be stung in your heart. And so that you wouldn't be caused to no longer believe. Everybody with me so far? Go to the 18th chapter of John now, please. John 18. Jesus had prayed this amazing prayer in chapter 17. We've studied it. And then verse uh, 1 When Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook, Cedron. There was a garden into which he entered and his disciples. And Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place. For Jesus oft times resorted there with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. And Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom seek ye? And we read this uh, last week about how he told them I am and they all fell to the ground. And and the Bible said this happened so that uh, the ones that he had, none of them would be lost. He was looking out for them. He was taking care of them. And verse 10, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his ear. And the servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus to Peter, put up your sword into the sheaf. The cup which my father has given me, shall I not drink it? And then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Verse 15, and Simon Peter followed Jesus. And verse 16, Peter stood at the door without. 
And then went out with that other disciple that was known to the high priest and spoke to her that kept the door and brought Peter in. Then said the damsel that kept the door to Peter, Art not thou also one of this man's disciples? And he said, I am not. And the servants and officers stood there, and they had made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Skip down to verse 25. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself, and they said therefore to him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, he said, Did not I see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Peter's faith was tried, and the result is that he became offended. Now, if you hadn't connected that in your mind, you'll see it, I believe, clearly just within the next few minutes. What is it to become offended? To be hurt, angry, shocked, bitter, stung to the heart, and the result is that you no longer believe. To cause to stop believing. Here he is, Adamantly saying, I don't know this Jesus. No, I'm not with him. No, I'm not connected with him. Oh, what a far cry from just a few hours ago where he stood adamantly and said, I'll die with you. How did this change? What happened? Friend, some things are important and then some things are all important. And what we're talking about today is the biggie. I said the big one. Go to John um, 16 again, I guess it is. We were there in verse 1. Look down in verse 8. Jesus talking about when the Holy Spirit comes. He said, verse 8, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin... Because what? Doing drugs, adultery, lying, stealing, murder. No. What is the sin? The sin is not believing on him. This is the sin. I had a person one time that was helping me early in when I was learning how to fly, it was a pilot, and he was going with me, and we didn't have any um, connection before this. And I could tell the guy had a tender heart. He wasn't living right. And uh, we were going to the room after a, a meeting and going down the elevator, and he was apologizing to me for using bad language and doing some things that he had done. And uh, I just looked at him. I said, you know, there's nobody in hell for that. I said, in fact, there's nobody in hell for lying or stealing or adultery or murder. He looked at me shocked because <laughs> he had described some of his sins and he was apologizing. He looked at me like, what kind of new doctrine is this? I knew, <laughs> I knew this guy was strange, but wow, I never heard that before. I said, no. I said, Jesus has already taken on himself all those sins 
and borne them and carried them and satisfied the Father's justice. Has he or has he not? Has he? Did he take the sin of adultery and fornication and homosexuality and did he take upon himself lying and stealing and murder and abuse? Has he paid the price for everything? Come on, has he or not? Yes. Yes. So do you have to go to hell because you commit some of these sins? No. Then if it's already paid for, why do people wind up in hell? Because they don't believe on him. They don't believe on him. They deny him. And that's about the most serious thing that can happen. Is to deny him. Look with me. Well, in fact, don't look with me. Let me just read these to you. 2 Timothy 2.12. They can put some of these up for us. 2 Timothy 2.12 says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, what will happen? He also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. Matthew 10 and 32. Matthew 10.32 says, Whoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Luke 12.9 says, He that denies me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Is this as serious as it gets? Yes. Yes. I mean, you may make a lot of mistakes, but this is one thing you don't want to do, is deny him. Why would you deny him? Because you became offended. You became offended. That's why he said, I've said all this to you, that you not be offended. He's warning them. He says, people are going to do bad things to you. They're going to put you out of the synagogues. There'll be people try to hurt you. But what's he saying? Don't be offended in me. What's he said? Don't stop believing in me. Don't stop identifying with me. Don't deny me. In 1 John 2 and 22. 1 John 2 and 22. Said who is a liar. But he that denies that Jesus is the Christ. He's antichrist. That denies the father and the son. Verse 23. Whoever denies the Son, the same has not the Father. Can you have the Father? Can you have God while denying Jesus? You cannot. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Can you see this was the test that came to Peter? And what's he doing standing out there by that fire? What's he doing? He's denying the master. Is this just about the worst thing you could do? Yes. Yes. Now, here's the thing. If you had talked to Peter just a few hours before this, I think even after close examination, I think you would have come away saying, I don't think there's anybody. That's more committed to Jesus than Peter. I don't think there's any. I don't think you could find anybody. That loves Jesus more. That believes more in him. That's more committed to him. 
than Peter. And yet a few hours later, he's standing there saying, I don't know him. I don't have anything to do with him. What happened? How could it happen? Now, are we still on track of what he told us to do here? He's going to reveal himself to us. If what? What's one of the things he told us? Don't let anything cause you to become offended at me. What happened? Go to uh, Mark, the 14th chapter, please. Mark chapter 14. In Mark 14 and 27, Jesus said to them, All you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I'll smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Put that up in the Amplified, please. Amplified. Jesus said, you will all fall away this night. You will be caused to stumble and will begin to distrust and desert me. That's what happens when somebody's offended. They get hurt. They get mad. They get shocked. They get bitter. And they unhook. And stop believing in. He said, that's going to happen to all of you tonight. All of you are going to be offended tonight concerning me. Because it's written, I'll strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Next verse. He said, "Uh, after that I'm risen, I'll go before you to Galilee. Next verse. But Peter said to him, although all shall be offended, yet will not I. Even if all of these do. Even if everybody else does. I will not. Nothing is going to separate me from you. No. Next verse. Jesus said, Verily I say to you that this day, even in this night. How many of that's just a few hours away? Before the cock crows twice, you shall deny me three times. Next verse. But he, Peter, spoke the more vehemently. He got louder. He got more adamant. He said, if I should die with you, I will not deny you in any wise. No. And all the rest of the twelve said, us either. No. We won't. But he did. What happened? Is this something you and I need to be aware of? Do we need to know What this is and how to deal with it. Now, like I said, if you'd been able to talk to Peter right now, I think you'd have come to the conclusion, this guy means it. I tell you, this guy, Jesus has got a, he got a supporter in this man. And I know Peter fully intended to back this up because when it all started going down, what did he do? Come on, what did he do? Tell me. He whipped out that blade. Is that right? And he starts to slicing and dicing. He's not a soldier. He's a fisherman. And he knows just him pulling out this blade with these soldiers probably means he's going to die right away. But he said it and he meant it. Didn't he? This is my Jesus. I'm with you to the end. Here we go. Until... 
Jesus said, that's enough, put your sword up. The cup that my Father has given me, shall I not drink it? And that's when Peter was shocked. He was upset. And he didn't understand. And he got angry. And he got hurt. Peter's been with this man for years now. He's seen him face down the Pharisees and the Sadducees when everybody else ran scared. He's seen him look them in the eye and put them in their place. He's seen him face demons and cast them out. He's seen him walk on the water. He's seen him speak to the wind and the waves. He's seen him raise the dead. He's been with Jesus when he talked to Elijah. And Moses, he's heard the voice of God speak out of the cloud and say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I don't believe there was any way Peter could have envisioned or imagined that Jesus would let them take him and kill him. He was prepared to die for him, but he wasn't prepared to stand by and watch them take him. It's not the thing you're prepared for. That tries your faith so much. It's the thing you hadn't thought about. Are you listening to me friends? It's the thing you hadn't conceived. That's what's going to try your faith. And that will happen. With every one of us. I didn't say might. Will. Will. What is the trial of your faith? And by the way. Do you know who wrote that phrase? Who penned that phrase? Peter. <laughs> he knows something about it. Put it up on the screen. 1 Peter 1.6 Wherein you greatly rejoice. Though now for a season if need be you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. You'll be tempted to doubt. You'll be tempted to fear. Verse 7. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trial of your faith. What is the trial of your faith? The trial of your faith is this. Will you continue to stay hooked and love Jesus and believe in Him when you don't know Why? And you don't understand what's going on. His faith was tried. It's not the thing you're prepared for. It's the thing you hadn't thought of. It's the thing you don't understand. See, there are all kind of Christians who've become offended. There are people who ought to be in this service right now, this morning. They ought to be a part of this church. They were a part. But they became offended. They don't understand why somebody did something. They don't understand why somebody didn't do something they thought they should do. They had it in their mind. Now see, Peter had a scenario in his mind, didn't he? I'll whip this blade out. I'll go to slicing. Jesus will do something amazing. He always does. He just got through saying, I am, and they all fell on the ground. What do you think? You think this is going to turn out bad? No, we've been here before. Jesus is going to do something. Something amazing is going to happen. And so, man, he's a swinging and he's a going. And Jesus said, Peter, Peter. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Stop. Huh? Stop. Okay, I'm stopped. 
Put your blade up. Huh? Put your blade up. Okay. The cup that my father's given me, shall I not take it? Shall I not drink it? Peter's shocked. He realized it hits him full force. He's going to let them take him. He's going to let them kill him. And he became offended. Over the next few hours, he trails around afar off. He's hurt. He's mad. Why? Why is Jesus doing this? He didn't understand. And so he begins to question what he believes. Which is what offense is designed to do. If Jesus just lets them take him and kill him. And he just dies. Does that mean he's not the Messiah? Does it mean all this stuff we've been doing for these years? Have I been a part of something wrong? And friend, when you start questioning what you believe, you start wavering, you start doubting. The moment you do, fear rushes in. Fear rushes in. And so when one of them says, aren't you one of them? Fear's gripping him. He goes, "Uh uh-uh. No. I don't know him. Can you see why Jesus said, don't let yourself get offended. Don't let this happen to you. Go to Luke 22. Let's read Luke's account of this. We'll get some other things that the other writers didn't mention. We said it's not the thing you're prepared for. It's the thing... You hadn't thought about it. It's when it doesn't go the way you thought it would. It's when you don't understand. When you're asking why. Why? You know John the Baptist. Had a similar crisis of faith. You remember that or not? Let me get you to turn to it. Matthew 11. Matthew 11. 3. John the Baptist you know. Had been thrown in prison. Prison's not fun. He's sitting there day after day, night after night. He's become offended. What do you mean? Tell me what offended is. Angry, hurt, shocked, and ceasing to believe in someone you should believe in. He's the one that stood out. And pointed to Jesus because he walked his way and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. How many remember that? He said it so convincingly that his own disciples said, That's him? He said, That's him. And they said, Well, John, we're gone. (laughs) Because you said, You've preached your whole time that he was the one that you were prepared. He said, It is him. Go. And now... After years, after seeing miracles, after hearing all the things that Jesus has done, he's sitting in jail. And what does he say? He sent people to Jesus and he said, to ask him this, are you really the one that should come? Or should we be looking for somebody else? He's the one that stood there and said, behold, the Lamb of God. What's happened to him? He's become offended. Fear has come in. Jesus said, you go back and tell him. You tell him what you're seeing. Verse 5. Blind are seeing. The lame are walking. Lepers are being cleansed. The deaf are hearing. 
The dead are raised up. The poor are having the gospel preached to them. Next verse. And blessed is he. Whosoever shall not be. Offended. In me. What's he saying? He's saying John you already know the answer to that question. Same thing you said years ago. Nothing's changed. Don't be offended at me. Don't quit believing in me. Don't unhook from me. I'm sure John did not have, you know, being imprisoned and sitting there in that stinky jail cell as, uh, you know, and, and waiting execution as his glorious end. He had preached. He had seen amazing crowds. He had introduced the master. He had confirmed the, the fulfillment of scripture. And now you're going to sit here in this stinking cell? And you're going to be executed like a criminal? He wasn't prepared for that. He hadn't planned on that. He hadn't thought about that. That's what tries your faith. What is the trial of the faith? The trial of your faith is are you going to stay hooked? Are you going to still love him? Are you going to still believe him when you don't know why? You don't understand. We talked about people that probably should be in the seats here with us this morning. Why aren't they? Something happened differently than how they had planned. They had prayed and prayed and thought it would happen this way and it didn't happen that way. Hmm? They stood and made confessions and it didn't turn out the way they thought it was supposed to. It looked like the need didn't get met. The person didn't get healed. And so they became offended. Well, I just don't understand. I just don't know why this happened this way. I just don't understand. It's more than you don't understand. You're offended. You've unhooked. You're no longer believing in. It's alright to ask a question why and you want to learn and you won't understand. Lord, uh, why did this happen? I, you know, I'd like to know, I'd like to understand. But it's not alright to go, why? That's not okay. That's never okay. That's not just a question seeking understanding and wisdom. That is questioning the character of God. It's accusing Him of being unfaithful. Why didn't you come through for me? Why didn't you do this? Why did you let this happen? You're offended. You were shocked it didn't go a certain way. didn't turn out a certain way. And so now... You're no longer, you're unhooking. You're, you're not identifying with anymore. And dangerously close to denying. Is this serious, friends? Oh, friends. Have some smarts. If you say, well, I just don't understand. There's a lot you don't understand. What does that prove? Huh? Well, I just, why? I just don't know why. Well, all that proves is you don't know something. Have some sense. God has never failed anybody. And he never will. He's faithful. He's true. He's good. 
And you got to make up your mind. Nothing is going to separate me from him, from his love, from his goodness. No matter what I see or I don't see or I understand or I don't understand, I still know this. I love him. I believe in him. I trust him. And I'm going nowhere. I'm staying right here. I'm trusting in him. I'm staying hooked where he hooked me. And I'm believing what he told me to believe. Now tell me again, the person that will do that, what he say he would do, he's going to manifest himself to that person. Did you find Luke 22? Whew. The devil's a sorry cuss. I tell you what, I'm not going to shed one tear for him. I mean, he's getting what's coming to him. Always does his best to try to undermine your faith in the one you should be trusting. Lie to you about God. He's the accuser, isn't he? The accuser. He's a liar. Don't you believe it? Don't you accept it? You stay hooked with God. Luke 22 and verse 31. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He intended to destroy Peter. To cut him off from Jesus, rob him of his faith forever. And that be the end of it. Jesus said, but I have prayed for you, boy. <laughs> I have prayed that your faith fail not. What is the trial of your faith? It's not God that's being tested. It's not the word that's being tested. It's your faith that's being tested. That your faith fail not. And when you get straightened up. Not if. When you get turned around. Not if. Aren't you glad Jesus is a faith Jesus? He prays in faith. When. You're turned around. Help your brothers. Strengthen them so that they don't lose their faith. Glory to God. Glory to God. Skip on down to the 56th verse. A certain maid beheld Peter as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him. Verse 56. And said, this man was also with him. And he denied him. said, woman, I know him not. After a little while, another saw him and said, you are also of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed and said, of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he's a Galilean. Peter said, man, I know not what you say. Other writers said he cursed and made affirmations. I swear this and that is really what he said. I swear I don't know him. I curse on me if I'm lying. That's what you're talking about when it says curse. I swear. Why is he doing this? Why is he saying this? He's become offended. He was shocked at how it happened. He don't understand why the Lord let this happen. He, and because he doesn't understand, he's unhooked. Do you have to unhook because you don't understand? No. no. That's where faith comes in. This is when faith shines. It's when you don't understand. Well, why is this going this way? 
Why hasn't this happened already? Or why this? That's when it's time to reach down and believe God. Come on. Come on to say, well, I don't know, but I know this. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with him. And I'm staying where he put me. And I'm doing what he told me to do. I trust you. What if you die? Ain't no other way to die. (laughs) Trust in him. (laughs) it's the best way to die there is you don't want to die doubting him denying him that's for sure verse 61 the Lord turned and looked upon Peter my Peter remembered the word the Lord had said to him before the cock crow you'll deny me thrice and Peter went out and wept bitterly ah Why did Jesus turn and look at him? I don't know if he even heard what Peter was saying. There probably was some distance. He's out there by the fire. Jesus is in here. They're accusing him. He's got things going on right in his face. He might not have even heard him. Might have just picked it up in his spirit. He turned around and looked at him at the exact moment. Why? Because he's saying, I don't know him. I have nothing to do with him. Is this serious? Doesn't get any more serious than this. You can be forgiven of any sin. It doesn't get too bad. But if you're going to say. I don't know him. I don't believe in him. I'm through with him. I don't have anything to do with him. You're done. Jesus said if you don't believe that I'm he. You deny me. You'll die in your sins. That's as serious as it gets. I believe it hurt Jesus personally. Do you? He's got feelings just like you do. Even though he knew it was going to happen. Still doesn't mean don't hurt. Jesus is facing this. He's in the darkest hour of his life. He's got all this coming down on him. On top of that. The people that you're closest to. Are saying I don't know that guy. I got nothing to do with him. No, I'm not a part of that bunch. No. He turned and looked at him. Peter went out and sobbed uncontrollably. He thought, what have I done? Oh, God. Now, why are we saying all this today? Why are we given these things? Why is this written down? This is written in every account of the gospel. Detailed. This must be important. Why are we given? We know why it's given. Jesus told us so that you won't be offended. How many know you got to see this when it's coming? You got to catch it. You got to recognize what the enemy's trying to do to you and give it no place. When's it going to come? What's the real issue? What's the real trial? Not the thing you prepared for. <laughs> thing you hadn't thought of. It's when it's going a different way and you're thinking, no, 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 it's not supposed to happen like that. This is what's supposed to be going on, but it doesn't happen that way. And you're standing there going, what? Shocked, angry, upset, hurt. That's when you look up and say, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I know you didn't miss it. If anybody missed it, it's us. I don't know. I don't understand. But I know this. 
You're a good God. I know this. You're a faithful Father. I know this. You are righteous and just and fair in everything you do and everything you don't do. And I trust you. I believe with my last breath I will trust you. I will believe in you. I will not leave you. I will not deny you. Come on friends, is that your heart? Is that your heart? You may miss it in some other things, but don't miss it in this. Don't miss it in this. You don't have to understand to believe this. Somebody say, Lord, I love you. I believe in you. I trust you. It's sad. It grieves my heart that there are so many believers that are offended. You know, I'm not just talking about, we know of a few cases around here. Thank God, not too many in our church. But as I go to other churches, as I see other ministers, there are ministers no longer in the ministry. They just quit. They, they hadn't preached in years. And they were wonderfully anointed. Something happened. Something happened with a spouse. Something happened with a child. Something happened with a healing. Something happened with, and they don't understand why. They don't understand why that happened. Or why the Lord let that happen. Or why didn't the Lord do this? Or or why that? And they're offended. And they're hurt. And they've cut themselves off from Him. And even deny, maybe they don't just deny the Lord outright, but they deny being a part of us. Oh no. I used to be in that cult. I used to be in that, you know, healing, believing, miracle, believing. It's all a bunch of junk. I mean, there's a number of people who talk like this. Yeah, I was blind. I was stupid. Got sucked into all that. It's just a bunch of people grabbing money. Ain't nothing to it. How many of friends, this is serious stuff. Oh, you are denying the Lord. You're not just talking bad about people. You're denying scripture. You're denying truth. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the truth. And it's all because something didn't go the way they thought it should go. Let me give you some good news. You ready for some good news? (laughs) Somebody said, please. Yeah. (laughs) Go to John 21. We're still in John. Did you notice all that? It's John, John, John. Will people's faith be tried? Jesus himself went through this. His faith was tried beyond anybody's faith. Listen to what he said as he hung on the cross. My God, my God. Why? Did you hear that? Why have you forsaken me? Was his faith tried? But he passed the test. Did he deny the Father because of that? No. No. You're not above him. Your faith will be tried. If you've gone very far with the Lord, it's already been tried. And I wish I could tell you that it's over now. No. No. (laughs) But it'll be a lot easier on you if you get your mind made up today. Oh, come on. Your mind made up today. Then it doesn't matter what happens or doesn't happen. 
or what you understand or what you don't. You're not entertaining anything that questions God's faithfulness and goodness in your life. You made up your mind. Nobody can make you doubt it. Nothing can make you doubt it. You've already made up your mind. And there'll be some things that'll catch you off guard, that'll shock you, that'll surprise you. But when you get your mouth back up, you just, do you know what to say after the shock wears off? Lord, this doesn't matter. This doesn't change anything. I love you. I believe in you. I trust you. And I'm staying with you. John 21. Jesus has gone to the cross. He has uh, risen from the dead. He's already shown himself to his disciples and to many. And verse 14. Well, let's see. Let me, let me back up. Jesus, you know, appeared to the disciples as they were fishing. And uh, one of the disciples looked and said, it's the Lord. And when he said that, Peter just dove off the boat <laughs> and started swimming. He couldn't wait for the boat to get there. He needs to work out some things with the master, doesn't he? When Jesus was raised from the dead, the angels told the women to go tell the Lord's disciples and Peter. Ooh. What does that mean? He's not grouped with the disciples. Because Peter's the one that said he wasn't one. Right? Man. Go tell my disciples and Peter this. So Peter comes a swimming and I, I imagine he got there and when he got there he realized, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> He's sitting there dripping and so Jesus talked to him, and they ate. Then Jesus looks at Peter and said, Peter, come here. He said, Peter, do you love me? This is our text. Isn't it? If you love him, what will you do? Hmm? You will do what he tells you to do. You won't be offended to him. You won't deny him. You won't quit him. You'll stay with him. And you'll do what he tells you to do. He said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, yes, Lord. He said, then I want you to feed my little ones. I want you to feed my lambs. He said, yes, sir. Then I don't know if it was immediate or if a minute or two passed or what, but he looks at him the second time. He says, Peter. He said, yes, Lord. He said, I said, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. He said, then I want you to feed my sheep. Oh, friend, this is some of the best news you have ever heard. How many people that can't stand you don't ask you to do things for them? People who have denied you and cut you off and have got nothing to do with you anymore are not asking you to help them do what's the biggest thing on their heart. What's the biggest thing on Jesus' heart? His people. His sheep. What's the nearest and dearest and strongest in him? His people. And what's he doing? He's looking at him straight in the eye. And he says, I want you to do something for me, Peter. I want you to feed and take care of my sheep. Oh, friend. How many know this is music to Peter's ears? 
He's not out. He's not out. Jesus hasn't disowned him. Even though he denied him. Jesus knew that wasn't the end. That Peter didn't want to continue to deny him. He wants to trust him. And he is back in his heart. He doesn't know how to get through this. He's condemned over what he's done. He doesn't know how to get past it. But Jesus is helping him. By asking him to do something. Then the third time. How many times did Peter deny him? The third time. He looks at him and says, Peter. He said, yes, Lord. I said, do you love me, boy? He said, I don't think he was as adamant as the day that he stood out there and go, I don't care if this whole bunch denies you. I will never. No, he's a changed man. (laughs) And he looked at him and maybe with tears, he said, Lord, you know everything. And because you do, I know you know this. You know I love you. He's saying in spite of what I did. I believe Jesus smiled and looked at him and said, I know it. That's why I'm asking you to do something for me. I want you to take care of my sheep. Peter's the one that wrote about the great shepherd of the sheep and about how shepherds ought to love the flock and feed the flock. I'm telling you, I'm convinced that even though Peter failed miserably and he was offended and his faith was compromised and he questioned whether it was right, I don't believe it ever came close to happening again the rest of his life. Are you listening to me, friends? He went out of there and he fed the sheep and he led the church and he gave his life. I mean, just a few days after this, you see him standing, looking the Sadducees in the face, looking. He said, preaching like a house of fire. He said, the Jesus that you killed, God has raised from the dead and he proved it by healing his man. Man, he, he's not afraid to die. How many think he is never going to disassociate with Jesus? He's never going to deny him. Tradition tells us that they crucified him upside down. And how many think he went out saying, there may be a lot of things that happen, but there's one thing that will never happen again, is me questioning my Jesus. So even if your faith was tried and found wanting, And you got shocked and hurt and mad and upset and you didn't understand something so you unhooked. So you did. It's bad. It's not good. But it's not the end. If you'll come back and commit. If you'll come back and hook. He'll forgive you. He'll receive you. Come on now. Not only that. He'll give you something to do. He'll let you have a part. In the most important thing happening on the planet. Come on. Do you think that's the love of God? Is, Is that good? Is that wonderful? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Master. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.